Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Anyways, right before... We were about to, I was going to go get my water. I was going to fill up my water. I fucking turned on the sink and it shot at me. <laughs> fucking like, uh, you know how like sometimes the little faucet's got the gun part? Yeah, the like that. Just seen. <laughs> yeah. My girlfriend like, rubber banded it. So I didn't did fill you, up my water. <laughs> you didn't fill up your water, now you're drenched. Uh, I took my shirt off. I'm shirtless right now. <laughs> oh, are <laughs> you? Yeah, a little sexy. This is going to be the spiciest episode yet. Yeah, it's gonna man. be extra spicy because we have a guest today. Ew, everybody! This is our pal Ben. Um, ben, if you'd like to say hello to the people, uh, plug any of your shit, whatnot, introduce yourself. Yeah, what what do you what makes you relevant for a movie podcast, Ben? <laughs> well, I'm Ben Sharples, I'm a filmmaker from Massachusetts. Uh, yada yada yada. But uh, I saw. My uh, old pals Mitchell and Jake from high school making a film podcast, and I was like, "Hey, I should hit these guys up and see if they want to have me on because I've wanted to try podcast. It's fun, so man. Been doing, yeah, I've been doing YouTube for a few years now, so I'm trying to like throw my head in to uh, this world too. Oh, mm-hmm. cool. What's your exact channel name? It's just my name. It's uh, Ben Sharples on cool. YouTube. Yeah, we'll Sick. throw a link. I think in. I surpassed all the other Ben Sharples as well. Ooh, oh hell nice. yeah! I think if you search me, I'm on top now. Let's go. That's yeah, the anyone first listening, step. we'll have the link in the description of the episode. Yeah, yeah. And the, yeah, the YouTube channel for people who are interested is just all the video essays, uh, filmmaking, terminology, tutorials, uh, cinematography breakdowns, and then I've been doing some uh, some gaming videos here and there. Yeah, no, it, it's kind it's, of a hodgepodge of a lot of stuff that I, I dig. Yeah, no, it's some good shit. I remember I was watching uh, one of the lighting breakdowns you did. Um, I forget what movie it was for. I think it was like, I think it was a Coen Brothers movie that was shot by Deacons. Yeah, yeah, a serious man. Yeah, yeah, no, Ooh, you're just nice. doing like, he was just doing like a lighting breakdown of just like one shot in particular that, 
you know, it's kind of seemingly innocuous, but is actually lit really well. And as someone who definitely isn't up to snuff when it comes to lighting, that was wicked cool to watch. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's called the frame by frame series. I'm trying to um, pump those out more regularly. I think the last two I did, I did Dune. And then before that, I did uh, Jesse James. Oh, Sick. you know what? I don't think I saw the Dune one. What uh, what shots did you break down? The Dune one's surprising because like I went in to analyze it, and then I, I was going through all the shots, and and then I realized that the whole movie is just a bunch of like really good close-ups. <laughs> so a lot, of, a lot of the video is is about like the importance of close-ups. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, wait a minute, because I left that movie, and I was like, I was like, I got heavy Lord of the Rings vibes from that movie. Mm-hmm. And then I left, and I started looking up Lord of the Rings stills, and then I was like, wait a minute, these are like so similar. Oh yeah, and then I started like going over like shots of Frodo and like goat shots of Paul Atreides, because <laughs> that's the thing about the big spectacle movies is like the only way they work is if you like keep it like character based and you like mm-hmm. keep it really tight. Mm-hmm. Like there's a quote by uh, Peter Jackson. It's like such a good quote, and he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, if you're doing a battle scene, he's like, he's like, you know, you can show one or two shots of like the guys fighting at Helm's Deep. But like you have to go back to Aragon's face or Legolas's face like two, three shots later. Because mm-hmm. if you don't do that, you're going to lose the audience. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's I mean- so true when you watch like Marvel <laughs> movies where it's just a CGI wide shot that goes on. I, I for, know. It, it's for like people, 60 minutes. people always tweet like, oh, I love Marvel cinematography. And then it's like exclusively wide shots. <laughs> it's so cherry picked. Yeah. The, the thing that drives me insane. I mean, I know Mitch said he's got some stuff he wants to rage about. But the thing that drives me insane is the Snyder fans on Twitter where they start pulling like cool shots from Snyder and stuff. And it's like it's so cherry picked. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the big issue about analyzing cinematography is like I can make any movie look amazing if I just pick a few shots. Mm-hmm. And True. then I start like and then I start picking at them like you can take films that don't even really have good cinematography. You take three, four wide shots that are well made and you just talk about that the whole time and it's it kind of paints a wrong narrative oh, yeah cool. that's a good point well before we get into uh i th- before we get into the topic at hand being marvel specifically new thor i do yep. want to say uh dune shot by is it fraser is that how you pronounce his last name yeah greg fraser he's just, he shot uh rogue one and then he shot Ooh, batman nice. recently i'm a, he be- shot a bunch of movies before that but that's how those are his big ones i'm gonna be honest one. i think he might be one of my new favorite working dps it's funny you say that because I've I've worked with um, like young DPs on short films lately, and they go nuts for him. And I always you'd think he's like overrated, and then <laughs> and then these recent movies, I was like, all right, all right, <laughs> I've changed my mind. No, for real, like Dune, and, like I know Denis Villeneuve's been working with Deacons a lot, but with Dune, man, like I don't know if I don't know if Deacons would have been the right person for that job. I think. Fraser did a better right, job. Right, that's kind of blasphemy. Right? <laughs> that's I know. Kinda, I, I need to start throwing hands on that one. <laughs> it's just no. I was I was really looking forward to what Deacon's doing, but I sadly didn't get it. Yeah. <laughs> but then, well, I don't know. I I would argue Blade Runner twenty forty nine is a better shot film than Dune, but Blade Runner twenty forty nine is like a different level. Yeah. It, well, it's mm-hmm. a very it's it's shot very differently too. Like just the the philosophy of how they shot it is completely different. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I think. Honestly, I think I think uh, Greg Fraser's cinematography for Dune is is a, appeals to a wider audience. And then, I mean, look at the blockbuster numbers for twenty forty nine. Mm-hmm. Like, not many people <laughs> saw it, which is really sad. But uh, uh, yeah, yeah, Deegan's is just like 
don't know. He's had a few big action hits like Skyfall and stuff, but as yeah, it's weird. Yeah. So in the yeah, you're right. In the long run, it, Greg Fraser is probably the better choice. Mm-hmm. But I'm you know I'm always I'm always looking for that Deacons. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That's not to discredit Deacons, of course. Yeah, but like, uh, have you ever seen Prisoners? I have. Yeah. How about you, Mitchell? You ever see that? No, I haven't seen Prisoners. Sadly, oh, okay. That's, Dude, you got to watch that movie. Long, is, right? um, that movie. Yes, it's long. It's, yeah. it's, it's a it's a hard watch. It will it'll keep you up at night. But um, it's like a traditional um child abduction story. Mm-hmm. But then it's not traditional because you know it's directed by like Denis Villeneuve and then it's shot by <laughs> Deacons. So it's like, so it goes like way past what you. It, it, you know what I I attribute it to? I would say it's like it's like Finch, It's like someone trying to make a Fincher movie, but like doing it better than Fincher. Oh, okay. That's, that's like what I how I feel. I'm intrigued. That's actually really well said. Because <laughs> there's like, uh, there's a shot in the movie where Deacons literally just gets a dolly and just slow slow dollies into a tree and i'm not even kidding you that was the best shot of like the last five years <laughs> like, i know exactly the one you're talking it, there's about there's like yeah. an actual like feeling that you get from that it's yeah it's right in the first act yeah but uh prisoners that's all that's a movie that's a movie i always recommend to people mm-hmm. like when they first start getting into like more sophisticated movies or, they, or they'll, they'll be like oh i like a rival and i'm like hey you should watch prisoners <laughs> yeah mitchell honestly i i could probably pick like a good show me a film episode to use prisoners for we should do it yeah i think a few weeks ago somebody came over and we were looking at movies to watch and they suggested it and then we looked mm-hmm. at the runtime we were like ah maybe not tonight <laughs> no, that yeah. movie is uh that movie's perfect if you're like sick and it's a rainy day and you feel like Ooh, shit yeah you just watch that movie i uh, another movie i watched i don't know if you guys have ever seen this is uh, have you ever seen changeling by clint eastwood changeling. no with with um angelina jolie it's another abduction movie. It's a lot darker than Prisoners. It's but, darker oh than God. Prisoners. Some, something about, I don't know, something about a like, sick rainy day. You, you feel like shit. <laughs> something about an abduction movie. I don't know. It's like perfect. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know that, what it is. Yeah, I remember, I remember when I was in like high school, I had like a fever and I watched, um, I watched Insomnia, the Christopher Nolan movie. Oh, yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. You, you, no, perfect thing. Just overcast fucking Alaska where the sun never goes down. Yeah. It, was, it was perfect tonally. But you're saying Changeling's a good watch, though. You're saying it's, it's darker than Prisoners, though. Yes, it's dark number. It's 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 a extremely dark movie once Jesus. you find out what happens to the kids. Yeah, <laughs> fuck, that's crazy. Uh, it's also it's also Angelina Jolie's best performance, in my opinion. I like a g- long shot. I'm gonna have to check this out. I have not seen. I, I don't know. I haven't seen it in a long time, so I don't know how good it is. Because Clint movies are kind of like. They're really good in the moment, but then when you go back and watch them, they're kind of they're messy. Have you Are seen you uh, Mysterious Skin? That's kind of gives me the same vibes for the rainy day, fucked up movie. You know? No, I have not. Seen is that. Mysterious oh. Skin is that the Almodovar movie? Uh, it's Greg Araki. Okay. Oh, you know, I think I'm thinking of. It's got Joseph Gordon-Levitt in it. Well, I would say uh, if you've seen Mystic River Mystic and you River. like that. With uh, Sean Penn, who else? I think Kevin Bacon, abduction movie. I think that's Clint Eastwood. That's very similar to Prisoners. Oh, but the reason why you should watch Prisoners is because it's it's uh, Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal's best performance, in my opinion. Like they they just go all out. Yeah, so Hugh, Hugh Jackman hits like new heights in that movie. Oh yeah, like, 
Oh yeah, like it, he didn't he didn't win best actor that year, but like there's like there's a scene where I was like, Jesus. It's funny because I remember when I saw Logan, everybody was so blown away by Hugh Jackman. They're like, man, I've never seen Hugh Jackman yeah, like yeah. this before. And I'm like, nah, bro, you got to go fucking see Prisoners. <laughs> that reminds me. Have you ever? You, do you remember seeing the first trailer for Logan? No. Where they had like the Johnny Cash song. Hon- honestly, watch it again because that that's like. Oh, it's such a good trailer. Is it a good oh, spot? Yeah. yeah, it's like for me. I don't know. This is a this is a whole ramble. But I always think about. I'm like, what is the best movie trailer? Oh, okay. Like, yeah. Honestly, you guys can tell me your favorites, but I think the first Interstellar trailer is so freaking good. Mm. The the one that they played in IMAX is mm-hmm. where it doesn't even show footage of the movie, and it's literally just like NASA footage, and it has the 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 score in the background. I don't know that I've seen that trailer. It's like a work of art. It's it's insane. Huh. But uh but yeah, the, the Logan trailer, it's the the song Hurt by Johnny Cash. Yeah. And it just shows like flashes of the movie and he's just like fighting them off or whatever. Oh, I'm gonna have cool. but I I always eat that shit up. Any any like superhero movie that's like, you know, for older audiences or whatever. I'll have to oh, get yeah. back trying to you like, with my favorite trailer. I haven't really thought you know, about yeah. that. I mean, I as someone who works at a trailer house, <laughs> I have there you go. Lots. Um Probably my favorite is. Did you see the new Suspiria? Uh, I never saw it. The trailer was good though. Yeah, no, the first teaser they did for it with like no dialogue, just that fucking Tom York synths going crazy. Oh, dude, Tom York's the man. Yeah, no, that that's probably my favorite trailer. And then, um, fuck, I saw one recently that I really dug. Um. Yeah, I watch a lot of trailers. <laughs> you just reminded me. Did you guys ever see Anima on Netflix? Anima. The Tom York music video shot by, uh, well, not shot, directed by Paul Thomas Harrison. Yeah, yeah, I did. That was pretty good. It was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. It, I was, I it's was like a that. quick 15-minute uh, thing on Netflix, Mitch, if you want to oh, check cool. it out later. Yeah, it's just basically yeah. Tom York, if you're not familiar, he's the uh, lead singer from Radiohead. Mm-hmm. Um he did the soundtrack for the new Suspiria. Um, what else has he done in movies lately? He did some. Uh, what else? He, didn't he? Didn't he just like score another movie? I always get mixed up with him and Johnny Greenwood. Yeah, Johnny Green. Johnny Greenwood is the guitarist, right? And yeah. he does all the Paul Thomas Anderson scores. Oh, he's so fucking good, man. <laughs> I mean, like, think about Phantom Thread. Like, that score is so good. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or no. even uh, There Will Be Blood, like the, the drums and stuff. One of my favorite, like, particular pieces of a movie score is that scene in Phantom Thread where he's sick for the first time and he sees his mm-hmm. mom, like, in the corner. That yeah. fucking score. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. That yeah. movie's unbelievable because the whole movie's scored. Like, there's there's not really any scenes where there's no score playing. Mm-hmm. What did you think of Licorice Pizza, Ben? I'm curious on your opinions. It's funny. I didn't. I did not see Licorice Pizza yet. Oh, really? You haven't seen I have this thing where I always Licky's up. I always. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just the jaded person in me. I always like. I always have trouble bringing myself to watch these like new coming of age movies. Mm-hmm. Like they always look so like campy and stuff like even even like lady bird i was like ah, this looks kind of stupid but then, I, oh, <laughs> then really? I watched it i was like all right it's pretty good it's pretty good but I, <laughs> i'm always apprehensive Why about coming of age movies because like they're always <laughs> they're come- always like self-indulgent like big time i don't know you come on mm-hmm. to our podcast it makes fun <laughs> i'm joking <laughs> well also lady bird came out at a time where the a24 fandom was at like a fever pitch and oh I was yeah like, 
I was like, guys, calm down. Yeah. <laughs> it's they just distribute movies. Like, just focus on the directors. Yeah, but I'll but, I'll, be, I'll be honest though. As of late, Neon I think has been doing a hell of a lot better than oh, A24. Yeah. I mean, I mean they released Parasite. Yeah, Parasite. True. They had uh, Spencer with the Princess Diana movie. They had mm-hmm. fucking um, one of my favorite movie of 2021 that not really a bunch of other people saw and even less liked, uh, Possessor. That was oh yeah. My oh, is that the one with the um, uh, like the 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 lady like wearing a face? Yeah, like yeah, creepy. yeah. I need to see that. It, it's that it's weird. uh Brandon Cronenberg, David Cronenberg's son. Oh, he's probably all messed up in that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's cool because you know it's like very Cronenberg, but from like a completely different perspective. It's a unique, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I I heard about his new movie and it looks freaking weird. Crimes of the Future. Yeah, that's yeah. also neon. Yeah. But I mean, it's got Vigo Mortensen in it, so like, I gotta see it now. Actually, I uh, I went and saw when I went and saw Crimes of the Future. Vigo was there, and uh, I got to fist wow. bump him when he walked by. Wow, that's pretty <laughs> that <was> sick. <laughs> it was cool. It, he like he he like looks very different in person. Like if you were to walk by him in the street, like even if you got like a really good look at him, I wouldn't think that that was him. Yeah, yeah, he's. <laughs> Well, he doesn't have blonde hair naturally. I don't know. I mean, he's got gray hair now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because when I was a kid, I just always thought of him as like Aragon. And then I saw him in other movies. He looked completely different. Mm -hmm. But I mean, if I can sidetrack us real quick, um, I have Letterboxd pulled up on my phone right now because I want to see what other movies Johnny Greenwood had did. Um, He did Spencer and he did Power of the Dog um, last year. So good props to him. But. In my new from friends tab, the newest thing is Ben, your entry for the new Thor. <laughs> oh God. What do you think? <laughs> I still haven't seen uh, it. I don't know. I, I'd say I can I can go down the whole list. I actually I watched a Mark Kermoid review on it because I don't know if you guys ever watched Mark Kermoid, the I, uh, British film critic. Oh, he's no. always on he's always on the money. And uh he's kind of like our modern day Ebert. He's mm-hmm. like still alive. But, I'll um, be honest. Yeah, I, not an Ebert fan. I'm not really an Ebert fan either. But I in, just, in yeah, fact, I, I fucking hate Ebert shit. <laughs> I wasn't a fan of Ebert until I saw his Grave of the Fireflies review, and I was like, "Oh, this is a really good review." <laughs> was it but, positive? Uh, oh, it's very positive. It was super well done. Huh. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But um, <laughs> but yeah, he's had many historic takes on movies that like made no sense. Yeah. But uh. But uh, yeah, in terms of Thor four, I mean, I'm a big Takawati fan. Like, I love, I love what we do in the shadows. I freaking adore uh, Hunt for the Willow People. The movie's amazing. Mm-hmm. And then Thor Ragnarok, I had a great time in the movie theater. I mean, that was like, uh, that was one of my favorites of la- the last Marvel phase. That was a good time. I like how it was just full camp and it was just all out. And then this movie it was an absolute hot mess. Like it was, <laughs> I can't even describe it. <laughs> Was, but it, it it doesn't feel like it's uh, all of Takawati's doing. It feels more of it's just like the same old um, Disney mistakes that keep happening, either in the Star Wars shows or the Phase Four, all the Phase Four Marvel stuff. Yeah, yeah I heard there's I, no goal, right? Is that what everyone? Yeah, saying? I saw something recently where it was a graph of all the hours of content because the MCU just hit a hundred hours of content for um, Jesus hours watched and uh this this phase right now you know ever since endgame ended um 
it's like the total hours is more than all the phases combined before. Wow. Holy shit. But then, but then everything now is, is all filler. It's like you watch, you know, you watch Hawkeye or whatever for like 10 hours and then the last two hours are stuff stuff actually happens. Yeah, I was gonna say um, like the entire series exists just to have one fucking post credit scene at the end where it ties it in with some other bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the worst part is there's a lot there's a lot uh there's not much direction left. Or honestly, I don't think there's a lot of talent left in the MCU, like behind the camera. Mm-hmm. And then also, um oh, oh I lost my train of thought. Oh, there's only been a few like starlets like there's been like a uh, wandavision which is really good which i haven't seen yet but everybody i know says it's good i, I hear good who, things about it yeah me yeah. too yeah and then loki i love loki because it's like a it's like a terry gilliam like brazil type of deal like it's like a weird dystopian story and then Loki's no shit center. really yeah yeah when you when you start watching it it's um i mean i could tell you the premise uh he did you did you see endgame yes yeah so, you know, Endgame, when they go back in time and then Loki grabs like the Tesseract and he vanishes. Mm-hmm. I think so when he vanishes, maybe. he creates like another multiverse. So, you know, whatever, whatever nonsense they're going with now. But <laughs> the, he creates another multiverse um, and he that that sets him off and he's doing his own thing. But this is this is Avengers one Loki. So he's like a total like shithead and uh, he starts causing trouble. And then he's like the show opens and these like these cops appear in front of them and they're wearing like goofy suits and they're like, what are you doing? And then they like zap them with a, a baton and they're, <laughs> and then they're basically the time police and then they capture him oh, and then oh, they that, bring him in. That's and then he has funny. to get Yeah. Then he has to get interrogated by uh, Owen Wilson. And they're, they're basically this like omnipotent time police that control all, um, all the multiverses and shit. And anytime, anytime something gets messed up with a multiverse, they call those like variants. So they, they bring them in. They're like, they're like, there's a thousand other Lokis in the universe and they're all causing issues and we have to stop them. And it, it gets really cool because it, it starts to feel like Matrix and it feels mm-hmm. a lot like Brazil, uh, Terry Gillian's Brazil, which I don't know if you guys have seen. Oh, I was going to say as soon like the first thing you said about Loki was that it reminded you of Brazil and you fucking sold me immediately. Yeah, because I, I freaking love Brazil. I, I love Brazil. I love Terry Gilliam in yeah, general yeah. too. And that, so it becomes like this like, this time odyssey where it's it's a kind of like a buddy cop show but it's also like a like a classic uk like dystopian story kind of and it sets up it sets up some stuff but uh the, the reason why it's good is because it's 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 its own thing it feels like its own thing it, and that's what you don't get that from these mcu stuff now yeah no it, it feels like the purpose of every marvel movie now is to just sell you tickets for the next marvel movie exactly yeah 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 and then before the Avengers movies, when they wrapped up, everything kind of felt like its own thing. Like you saw Guardians of the Galaxy one; it was it, it was like its own campy comedy, and then Winter Soldier was like a you know surveillance NSA type of movie. But uh, it had it had stuff going for it. It still had the classic like nobody dies and the post credits and all that other stuff. <laughs> but uh, I just think I was talking to my friend driving home from the movie theater last night, and I was like. I was like, when Iron Man snaps his th- fingers and he says, I'm Iron Man, like that's literally the the emotional end for the MCU mm. on that one moment. Yeah. Because it's like the whole movie, the whole series started off with him saying, I'm Iron Man at the end of that movie back, you know, way back when. And everyone was like, this movie's great. And uh, I don't know if you guys know, but Iron Man 1 was completely improvised. There was no script. Really? Like they were just they were just fucking around. Like they they said that they would go on an RV and they were just making the script. Oh, it was cool. like Robbie Downey Jr. and John Favreau. 
they got given a bunch of money and the producers didn't care so they were just like making a rant they were they literally going they said they were going to rv and they were just like bicker for three hours in the afternoon and then come out and then just start shooting shit no that's way cool. and that's when i always think about that i'm like that's where it started mm-hmm. that's like the genesis of the mcu yeah. and then you have like it's Kevin the exact come antithesis in. of yeah, what yeah, it yeah, is now crazy. yeah and it's the same thing now i don't want to go on a long tangent but it's the same thing now with the disney uh star wars shows it's all quality quantity over quality mm-hmm. and it's all fan service and it's just it's getting pretty tiresome but uh yeah yeah, yeah. Next... yeah four four i don't really need to go into detail about what's wrong it's just kind of like everything that's wrong about phase four is kind of part of the movie i heard the jokes yeah. just don't land <laughs> it's like yeah they, they, yeah they don't land at all yeah. there's, a, there's a line in the movie where uh jane foster uh, Jane Foster has really bad writing in the movie. They they really shafted her writing. Is Jane Foster but, uh, Natalie Portman's character? Yeah, Natalie Portman's character from like Thor one, Thor two, but um, she like dives in the air and she's like yelling at um Gore the God Butcher, which is Christian Bale, and he and she's like, if you can't call me the Mighty Thor, call me Doctor Jane Foster, and it's like so cringe. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> it sounds like a, it sounds like a Power Rangers line. Wait, Ben, Ben, I have a very important question <laughs> for you. I heard what? that somebody in the new Thor says the uh, he's right behind me, isn't he thing? I don't I don't know if I heard that one. There is the there is the long term joke that they always do where they're like where they laugh at the stupidity where they're always like, wait a minute, you can fly or it's like, wait, we're using our super super names or like, you know, what I mean, <laughs> that, that stuff's in every they every fly show now. now? Oh yeah, oh, they fly, fly now. Somehow Palpatine has returned. That's like the best line ever. I love that line. I, that line is literally Oscar Isaac saying, "Like, what the fuck is this?" Mm-hmm. No, I, I sometimes I just go back to that shot of Oscar Isaac saying that, and it's like you can see the pain in his eyes. Like he's not, e- he's not even acting in that shot. He's just straight up saying the line. And he's having one of those moments where, like, fuck, I need a different line of work. <laughs> the best thing is when they had they had all the actors on on a podium for a media day, and they said, like, "All right, three, two, one, give us your reaction to the end of the movie." And they all give this like face of like 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 of, like they saw a dead body. Or something. <laughs> oh God, it's it's so good. Uh, I don't even fucking remember what happens in that movie aside from Palpatine returning. It's yeah, the, yeah. it's the only Star Wars movie that I've seen once. It's the only Star Wars movie really? that came wow. out. Yeah, no, I, I saw it once when it came out, and I was like, fuck that. And then I just tried my hardest to forget that it existed. Actually, I've decided recently, um, I tweeted about this and then deleted the tweet um, purposely, which was, yeah. I'm going to become a sequel trilogy denier. Um, okay. Like, I'm not even going to, you know, break down what I liked and didn't like about it, but I'm just, I'm going to actively just gaslight everyone i speak to that there's no such thing well here's the thing is do we have time to talk about last jedi <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, god time to talk about anything man because i think last yeah. jedi is not as bad as people think it is oh oh fucking thank god dude i love the last and jedi. i think i think there's some scenes in that movie where i was ready to jump out of my chair and i was like finally dude like when when, when, f- when snoke dies and you know they're having the whole like gray jedi thing mm-hmm. where they're both in the gray mm-hmm. i was like finally we're doing something different yeah or but then it, it all falls apart <laughs> yeah no well no see that's the thing it's like i liked force awakens i loved last jedi but rise of skywalker was just so fucking just idiotic that it just I, I would rather just 
ignore the trilogy altogether purely because of Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. The funny thing is, um, I think Lawrence Kasdan, the original screenwriter, I think he is like the reason why the beginning of Force Awakens is so good. Mm-hmm. Like when they set up all the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's not a part of it. But I mean, Kathleen Kennedy gets a lot of blame, but I always go back to Force Awakens where it's like that first act where you set up all these characters and it's it felt so like Star Wars again and you were just excited. It is really yeah. nice. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's, it, yeah. Even, even the ending, I, I, I actually really like the ending of Force Awakens. The problem with Force Awakens is you finish it and then you. And then you look back at it at a wide scale and you're like, that was a complete copy of uh, A New Hope. But um, yeah, I don't know. And then they had, they had no plan for the trilogy and then they brought in new people. They kept swapping people out. They had Colin Trevino for episode three of the new sequel. Yeah, they and then the, they... Uh, Jurassic World or whatever. Yeah, but, and then they um, kicked him out, right? Well, they originally had Ryan Johnson was like going to write the script um for three which he already wrote and he was going to direct it as well so he was basically brought in to take over the trilogy yeah mm-hmm. and you can you uh, can tell because in the last jedi you know you they're going somewhere with it and then rise yeah. of skywalker's just like uh never mind <laughs> well here's the thing is did you guys see kenobi or did you hear about it Very, uh wait I, kenobi that yeah i've been meaning to watch it but i don't know i'm just kind of burnt out on that's the show right yeah yeah kenobi if you watch kenobi and you probably won't even be able to finish it because halfway through you're just like what is happening but uh <laughs> it, it 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 encapsulates everything wrong with like modern day star wars in like one show it's oh. like you have all the good pieces you have hayden christensen as vader he's he's honestly cool as vader you have you mcgregor doing an okay job but then it's like it all falls apart damn and the biggest problem is it's like it's like the show starts and you have you have Hugh mcgregor as Obi-Wan, then you have Darth Vader as, you know, Anakin, no, 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 Hayden Christensen as Darth Vader. And then those are basically the chess pieces on the board, but they have to be in one place when the show's over. Like when we get to the new trilogy, they have to be back in their places. Yeah. So then you just end up creating storylines where they interact with each other, they fight each other, they almost kill each other. And then it's like, you just start watching and you just lose all stakes. Mm. And that's mm. the thing. That's the thing. That's what I want to talk about. That's why Thor 4 was terrible because there was no stakes. Like anytime they talk about um like oh everybody could die or whatever it's just like it's it's always undercut by like a really bad joke. But uh, <laughs> did you guys see Top Gun Maverick? Yeah, Dude, I, still need to see it. I saw it past Top, Titanic. Top yeah. when I left Top Gun Maverick, I was like, you know why that movie was good? Because it had stakes. That's why it had real stakes. <laughs> yeah, it fucking like when mattered. they're in the boardroom and they're like, you say that to their to their families at their funeral. I was like, damn, yeah, let's go. Yeah, no, it fucking <laughs> it mattered. Dude, it was yeah. so fucking good. I like, I just felt yeah. so hopeful coming out of the theater after that movie. I had just, like, I can't tell you the last time I had such a fucking blast with like a, like a a proper blockbuster like that. Yeah, definitely. It, it felt like a. It, I mean, everybody was saying it was dad cinema. Cinema, it totally was. <laughs> but I mean, it was also a little bit of military propaganda in there as well. But but I don't know. It was a blast. Like. Just the, the just the lead up to the third yeah, act. Yeah, it, it felt it felt less act. military propaganda than the original Top Gun, though, which was nice. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And that was the same thing with Batman because I, I don't know about you guys, but I freaking loved Batman this year. Oh yeah, oh, oh yeah. yeah. I mean, and that we were was talking the same about... thing. Is that that a lot of stakes in that movie? A mm-hmm. lot of stakes. Yeah, no, things mattered. Bat. Yeah, exactly. No, Batman was fucking awesome. And then, oh god, I lost my train of thought. Let me think. <laughs> Let me see if I can catch it. Um, 
yeah, no, I completely forgot. But yeah, no, I love the new Batman. I mean, we already talked about Frasier, but I think he knocked it out of the park there too. Like it just like I felt damp after that movie because he just he's, <laughs> he's so good at just getting all that fucking like just texture in his images. Yeah, I got a. I was working on a video about it. I still need to put it out, but there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot going on in the cinematography in that movie. Mm-hmm. And then I just love it. I just love how it's like the movie opens and Gotham is just a dump. Yeah, just the worst. <laughs> I like know the, sh- the shot with the crime. The the criminal robs the convenience store, and then he runs outside, and then Batman's like, "I am the shadows" or whatever, and then he's just staring into the dark alleyway like scared shitless. Mm-hmm. I was like, let's go. Mm-hmm. I was like clapping loud, like a, just like an absolute nerd. I know. Because I saw it on IMAX and I was just hyped. Yeah, no, that shit was loud. I saw it on IMAX too. Yeah. Fucking. Do you think we're going to see like DC movies start to kind of come back a little bit in regards to like competing with Marvel? I think it's 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 just the age old thing. It's like yeah. DC has better. I think they have a few better characters. Well, okay, first off. Sorry if I'm talking too much, but no, you're good. Ba- man. DC has Batman. Yeah, okay, <laughs> they have Batman. Think about that. Like, I don't even really read comics, but when I do, I either like reads. Like recently, I read a couple Batman comics after reading Batman. Mm-hmm. But like, dude, Batman is. They have some of the best talent that comes to Batman, and they say, "Hey, I want to write a Batman comic," and it happens. And it's like they had Grant Morrison, they have a guy Scott Snyder, they've had so many people, and then they've had. Think about it. They had Christopher Nolan direct a Batman trilogy. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, it's like if they just, they did the right thing. They brought in Matt Reeves. They let him do what he wants to do. And then now here we are. We have, you know, we have Batman 2 coming out. We 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 honestly don't really know what the next movie is going to be. We just know Barry Kerrigan is Joker. We know Colin Farrell is Penguin. And like all the chips are on the board. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they even set stuff up where they set up the uh, the Court of Owls, which is basically like this like Illuminati organization underneath Gotham. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's basically like like uh, I don't know, it's like Bilderberg Group or like like you know like elite conspiracies in yeah. America. But uh, yeah, yeah, I was I was just jazzed leaving that theater because it was it was a movie that did it set up all these different things had all these different side plots. But then when it ended, I was like. I honestly didn't know where the next movie was going to go. Exactly. That, which, yeah, that's what which, Marvel, which Marvel doesn't do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So Mitch, you said, well, will DC overcome Marvel, right? As you're saying, I think, yeah, so, cinematically. Yeah. I think they've, they tried to do that with the Snyder verse or whatever. And mm-hmm. I think it personally failed, but then, you know, Snyder fans will make it seem like they were the biggest films ever, <laughs> but they weren't. <laughs> but, uh, cause, cause, I don't know. I come from a cinematography background. I'm all about like stylish visuals and stuff. But like for me, it's like Snyder is like the epitome of uh, style over substance. Like he's just like the bit like him and Michael Bay. I'd point to for style <laughs> over substance. Hey, did but, you um, see Ambulance though, dude? I heard no, I really not, good no. things about Ambulance. Ambulance was it. fucking fun, man. Is right. that is that Snyder? Uh, no, it's Michael Bay. it's the one where jake gyllenhaal and what's his name they like they're they're driving an ambulance but they have like an injured cop in the ambulance so like it's just basically a car chase for the entire movie yeah so it's like a it's like a classic michael bay action movie (laughs) it's like you know how um you know how like with tenet tenet was just christopher nolan going full christopher nolan exactly ambulance is michael bay going full michael bay 
Oh, you know, I mixed up Ambulance with another this movie. This has the... Um, Which one did you this mix has it up the with? the actor from Watchmen. That guy's really good. I thought you were talking about Emergency, directed by Carrie Williams. Which somebody just told me I should watch last night. Somebody told me I should watch oh, that. Oh, okay. I don't know if I'm familiar with that. It's about like uh, three college students must weigh the pros of cons of calling the police when faced with an unexpected situation. Oh, yeah. Basically, like, yeah. I guess they come home from the bars and some woman is passed out in their house and all three of them are black and they don't want to call I, the police because they're worried yeah, about getting like yeah. shot. <laughs> no, I, I I meant to see that, but yeah, no. Uh, Ambulance is Michael Bay. It's got Jake Gyllenhaal, and then um, yeah, uh, fucking what's his name? Um, I can't think of his name. I'm sorry, but then it also has like Eliza Gonzalez from Baby Driver too. She's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, but yeah, no, just Michael Bay going full Michael Bay. They also shot a bunch of it at the building where I work, which was really cool to see. Hell yeah. Yeah, that sounds that's honestly sounds good. That's like uh that's like the film that he did with um Nick Cage. You ever see that? The, the one, one that Michael Bay was did. It Nick, Nick Cage, Cage and Sean Connery. Nick Cage and Sean called? Connery. It's like an Alcatraz movie. I'm gonna have to find it. <laughs> Is it Escape from Alcatraz? Is that what the it's rock? called? Oh, it's yeah, The Rock. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Conair. You ever see uh, Conair? I know what I've been Con meaning Air. to. Oh my god. I mean Conair is about inmates in a in a giant high security plane where the plane comes down to the ground and then nick cage is is one of the inmates and he has wicked long hair and he wants to like find his cat or something that's cool yeah when i went and saw did you see unbearable weight of massive talent oh that's i'm blanking out it's 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 the nick cage movie where nick cage plays nick cage Oh yeah, I heard about it. That was really good. Yeah, it was Pedro it Pascal. Yeah, no, when I went and saw yeah. that, um, I saw it at a screening where everybody dressed up as Nick Cage from different Nick Cage oh, movies. Oh, that's amazing. Wow. Yeah, that I did see so Pig fun. though. I did see Pig. Mm-hmm. Oh, Pig was, was good. That was interesting. That's a neon I, I was, movie. Yep, yeah, that was it neon. Was like, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like uh it was like John Wick, but like more sad and about food. I wasn't expecting it to be so deep culinary wise. Yeah, yeah. And then there was strange shit in it where they like they went underground a restaurant and then there was like an there was a <laughs> underground chef fighting ring. It was like what? It was kind of it, si- it was dead serious the whole time. Yeah. Like I thought they were it was going into it. I thought it was gonna be a lot more like John Wick, but it isn't really. I mean yeah, you know, main character wants his beloved animal back and is in the mood for bloody revenge, but that's really it. Yeah, it was interesting because it, it portrayed Portland as like this, like it, it made Portland feel like the city in seven. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit. It totally did. Like, if you've ever seen seven, they just call it like the city. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> never say what it is. And that, yeah, I mean, that inspired Batman as well. Yeah. The new Batman. Yeah. But, espe- uh, especially that fucking quote in pig where he's like talking about like how there's going to be this flood that's going to come and like wash the city away. It's like, bro. Yeah. yeah it's bro. We're talking about fucking like, Portland, what? Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> he's talking to some chef in Portland, Oregon. And the guy's like, this like evil guy that you would see in like a taken movie and it's like what <laughs> yeah. i don't know it was, but it, it ended up being really good the third act like hits you yeah no. and then the first act is so well done with the pig and stuff oh yeah and i, I really liked pig again another neon movie they've been knocking it out the fucking park yeah for real so is neon are they like 
based in the U.S. or is it a foreign? Uh, no, they're company? they're uh they're U.S. Let me um, cause yeah, no, they did that Possessor movie I was talking about. Um, they did uh, Worst Person in the World. Yeah, uh, they got the U.S. distribution for Worst Person in the World. Um, yeah, they had the distribution for uh, Titan Titan. Um, yeah, I still haven't seen that. You were talking about that a long yeah, time ago. Yeah, and Memoria, and okay. fucking uh, what's it called? Uh, what was the movie that won Palm d'Or two years ago? I couldn't tell you. Well, ba- basically, <laughs> they're uh, they're three for three with the past. You mean Portrait three. of a Lady on Fire is that your time? No, but yeah. they did have yeah. Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Um, yeah, and then again, they had website. Yeah, they had the Spencer movie, Memories with, of uh, Murder. That's a good one too. Yeah, that's the thing about distribution companies and production companies, like is I'll take a chance on the movie from them if I don't know who the director is. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, But then also I'm not like allegiant to that company. Like, yeah, like yeah. Uh, what was it? Like um, Robert Eggers made The Northman for, what did he make it for like Fox or something? Oh, so I, I still uh, go yeah. to the theater to go see it because I'm like, you know, I'm a big fan of that director. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I always th- thought that was so, was so weird. Like they sell like <laughs> A24 sells like candles and streetwear now and it's mm-hmm. like – it's become a whole whole culture. I know. I, I I don't. I I hate their merch, man. I I'm not a fan of yeah. their merch. It's like yeah, it's like they're trying to be know. like supreme or what the fuck ever. Yeah, but it's like you don't see me running around with like a Moss film shirt on. It's like <laughs> you know what I mean. Although I am wearing- like I love the Tarkovsky. I'm not gonna wear like a Soviet film company shirt. So <laughs> I would. Man. That it, funny. It's it's funny you say that because I'm wearing a Janus film shirt right now. <laughs> I will agree. I will agree. Jan- Janus Films is that's some drip right there. I'll give you that. <laughs> that that's like it's not Criterion. It's Janus Films. You know, mm-hmm. I, I do have a Criterion shirt as well, though. I want to get this shirt. It's literally just Tarkovsky's face. Really, <laughs> just black and that's white. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, I always see. There's always really good clothing that people make on like Instagram and stuff. Yeah, it's not even oh, like par- Parasite. That was the Palm Door. Ah, uh, yeah. So Neon had Parasite and it won Palm Door. Neon had Teton and it won Palm Door. Neon had fucking uh, Memories of Murder. Or no, no, not what the fuck won Palm Door? Portrait. No. Did that do it? Um, I can look it up for you guys. What the fuck? I'm blanking, dude. I literally just you're talking said about it. two years ago, or no, the, talking about now? this past year. Oh, this past year it says Triangle. Of yeah, Sadness. yeah. So Neon has that as well. Damn. It, okay, it ha- that's uh, Ruben Ostland. I haven't seen his films yet. Yeah, I haven't either, but I'm very excited to. Um, that movie hasn't come out in the U.S. yet, but when it does, it'll be distributed by uh, Neon. He seems like he's like a Michael Haneke type of guy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Which I still haven't seen. <laughs> or anything i'm so behind on stuff i don't know if you guys are ahead but yeah no i'm one of those people where it's like if a, if i want to get to the really good directors i'll watch like one movie and i'm like oh that was so good like tarkovsky for example mm-hmm. i've only watched three tarkovskys oh really um, what have you seen and, but the, but i savor them i'm like i know i know the rest of them are gonna be like mm-hmm. earth-shakingly good for me yeah but I'm like i'll watch them in a couple of years when i need to see them you know yeah no when i'm I like that pulse I'm like that with David Lynch where it's like I like ever I've been slowly kind of carving out the rest of his films like I've seen all the big ones like well I've seen Mulholland Drive and Twin Peaks and fucking Blue Velvet and stuff but it's like I'm putting off Lost Highway and Inland Empire oh. just because I don't I don't want yeah, it yeah, to be over I don't want to have seen all the Lynch movies exactly, I haven't yeah. seen Inland Empire yet have you seen Eraserhead Jake that one 
Oh, dude, I fucking <laughs> I I love Eraserhead so much, but it bothers me so much. Oh, really? I saw Eraserhead in film school, and that was that was such a hilarious experience. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a very it film half the school class hated movie. it, half the class loved it. I yeah. love it, but it like it genuinely fucking bothers me. It's so unsettling. They have like the um, it's one of those movies where I watched it and I was I couldn't stand it, but then like years later, like I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when you're actually watching it, it's it's uh, yeah, it's, it just gets in your head. Yeah, yeah there's like almost- weird industrial sounds in the background all the time. There's always like this Ugh. creepy like ambience. Mm-hmm. I can't even. I don't even remember what the sound is. In and then the whole heaven. like demon baby stuff is is fucked up. Yeah, the baby but, uh, and shit like that too. But then there's stuff where it's like extravagantly good. Like you know how Lynch will just have like random sequences that are like ten out of ten. Like <laughs> the uh, the what was it? The ending sequence. I don't want to spoil it, but like the song that plays and it goes to like white. I was like, wow. Yeah. I was like, I don't even understand what just happened. But that was that was great. I, I know. I love it when Lynch just starts doing some shit. <laughs> It's, that's the thing about the big directors is some of them like just don't get in my head like Lynch when I watch Lynch stuff I like I can't really like compute stuff mm-hmm. but then I'll watch like Stalker and I'm like I got like a bunch of things running through my head the whole time mm-hmm. it's kind of funny how I can't put it together wait so what I, I, I guess movies? I just never had that suburban horror that people have in their head like I always just kind of like um, Blue Velvet's kind of like that I like, just watched I've never been a that, hard that guy too, felt so. really lynchy and I just watched Celine and Julie go boating. Have you guys seen that? Oh man, no, Mitch, I think really you and I long. I think yeah. you and I talked about it um on an episode once cuz I wanted to go see it but it was just the theater was showing it. The the seats aren't comfortable enough there for me to go see it. I highly <laughs> highly recommend it. It's so good. It does not feel like three and a half hours. Like I've never seen a movie build a relationship between two characters so well like you just love these two women and their in their friendship together i'm it's, definitely gonna have to check it out did you uh do you own that do you own the criterion of it yeah yeah that's why i watched yeah. it oh speaking of which what did you pick up for the criterion sale oh yeah man i picked up uh i picked up worst person in the world because yeah. i just loved that movie mm-hmm. uh naked which I heard is like kind of fucked up, right? If you guys have oh, seen that, uh, what's his name from? I always forget the actor's name. He's in Harry Potter. Uh, I don't know about the actor in it, but it's Mike Lee's a film by Mike Lee. Yeah, that's the movie. Yeah. yeah. Have you I seen anything Dick- else by Mike Lee, Mitch? Uh, I'd have to look it up. Like, what else he's done? Watch a uh, it. Watch Meantime by Mike Lee. It is like the most unintentionally funny movie I've ever seen. Oh, really? Okay. Actually, actually, I mean, it's it's probably, like, intentionally funny, but it's just, it's, like, the most, like, disgustingly British thing I've ever seen, (laughs) and it is fucking hysterical. Like, I had to turn on subtitles because it didn't sound like they were fucking speaking English. (laughs) Wow. Yes. That's like, uh, what was it? You ever see Macbeth 2016, Macbeth? I no. haven't seen it. Have you, Jake? With no. I saw the tragedy of Macbeth, and that was also oh, a okay. little hard to understand. You got to check it out. But uh, it's one of those movies where, like, you cannot watch it without subtitles because <laughs> oh, they're, they're just speaking. They're just speaking pure Shakespeare the whole time, mm-hmm. and they all oh, yeah. have like Scottish accents. Yep, that was like but tragedy. It's, it is, as absolutely phenomenal. That was like yeah. tragedy, Macbeth. It's like I was right there every step of the way with fucking Denzel, but like. Lord, I had no idea what the fuck he was talking about. I seriously I haven't, I haven't hate seen Shakespearean that yet, but... language. 
I don't know. Yeah. Why. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I spark noted all that shit in high school, so I'm probably a bit behind of the curve for understanding it, but mm-hmm. yeah. There is a uh, one movie I I wanted to bring up that I don't I don't want to forget because mm-hmm. I mentioned horror. What's up? Oh, have what have you it? seen? Because this is my favorite question I always ask to people. Have you seen The Wailing? Yes, oh, I've seen that. Oh yeah. yeah. That's that's the movie. Whenever people start saying like, "Oh, Hereditary is the best horror movie of the last ten years," I'm like, <laughs> "No, no, no, no." <laughs> have you Have you seen The Wailing? That's literally that's, that's literally how I saw The Wailing. I was like. I had rewatched Hereditary. Um, Ari Aster is my favorite working director right now. Um, And there's just one day where I was like, man, I'm so fucking like, I need more Ari Aster. I'm so, I'm so antsy for more Aster. So I looked up, you know, like movies. It was like a list of like Ari Aster's like, actually, no, it was like an interview. And in it, Ari Aster said that the whaling was the best horror film of the decade. So I was like, yep. Okay. I'm sold. So, nice yeah a lot of yeah, fucking that, that movie gets in your it gets in your fucking head yeah dude. most movies i watch nowadays are because of like a recommendation that ari aster had somewhere <laughs> like it, i yeah, literally have that movie i have like oh, a list you on my phone of um just like movies that ari aster has publicly recommended or like he tweeted uh his 15 movies to know me and i've been slowly working my way through that list oh that's cool um, yeah Actually, Naked is on there, Mitchell. Oh, it is? Yeah, so you'll have to let me know how that is. I've heard it's really fucked up. Um, Yeah, I mean... Yeah. Yeah, Mike Lee. Yeah, no, it's... uh, It'll be interesting for sure. I've been meaning to watch it for a while. Mm -hmm. But so, did you buy the Criterion of that? Yeah. That one, The Lure I bought. You saw that I didn't know it was a musical until (laughs) I watched it. (laughs) I was like, oh, shit. I would have warned you, or not warned you, but I would have let you know, like, yo, that's a musical, bro. <laughs> I, it was cool. It was, like, honestly, one of the... I've never really seen, like, a horror musical that was... I don't know. It was one of a kind, so it was cool. Yeah. And, no, it, a, lot got, of, a lot of Roma, Rocky Horror vibes. Yeah, exactly. And I got Roma, Midnight Cowboy, and Dick Johnson is Dead, because I love... Uh, what's her name? The woman, Kristen Johnson. Mm. I like her work. I like Camera Person, if you guys have seen that. I, I have to see that. I have not. Have you seen? Wait, so Ben, have you seen Roma? No, I haven't. But I do want to tell you about my criterions. Oh, wait, did you I, buy some from the sale? No, no. I just realized that I didn't buy some this year, mm-hmm. but I bought three last year that I still haven't watched. Oh, really? What are they? <laughs> I bought because when I buy criterions, I, I used to buy a ton back in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to buy like uh, I would just buy a ton of them when it was like the big thing. Yeah, and I'd always buy movies I hadn't seen. Like I'd hear a wreck, and then I would be, then I would just buy it uh, fresh or whatever. Yeah, and most of the time I, they ended up being really good. But I sold, I sold a few of them. I kept, I kept the ones that are like movies that I want to watch forever or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, yeah, last year I bought Andre Rublev. Nice. I bought Tokyo Story, and then I bought Tree of Life. I've already seen Tree of Life, mm-hmm. but um, I haven't seen the new cut. But but those three movies, I I, I always buy like oh, and I bought um, what is it? Summer's Day from Edward Yang. Oh, Brighter, Brighter Summer Day. Yeah, Brighter that one's Summer four Day. and a half hours. Because I because I bought Yee Yee back in high school and I didn't watch it until like four or five years later. Yeah. And then now Yee Yee is like one of my favorite movies ever made. I love Yee Yee uh, as well. I, I haven't know. seen that it. Movie, like, I haven't seen it. It's so good, me. Jake. Oh my god. That that that's. I don't know. I think that's for me. That's probably the best movie about like life. Just like a life movie. Yeah. But uh, but um. 
yeah, I, I usually like if I'm going to get Criterion sale, I usually just pick like the big bangers, like movies that I, I know are going to be like a hard watch, mm-hmm. but I may want to watch them li- like multiple times. I just yeah. like, watched Andre Rublev. I was going to say, I thought you just watched that too. Yeah, it's good. That like, and mm-hmm. uh, Ivan's Childhood are the two Tarkovsky movies I haven't seen. Okay. I, I had a, oh, okay. uh, when I was in college, um, there's like a indie theater near me. And they would kind of do like little like showcases, and they did like a uh, they did a Tarkovsky month where they showed all the Tarkovsky movies. Um, yeah, and those were the only two I didn't see, but you know I saw Stalker there, I saw fucking Solaris there. Um, Solaris, I've done like a complete one eighty on. I really like Solaris. Oh, cool. Yeah, I need to watch it again because I wa- I watched it way too young. Yeah, no, just, yeah, like it, it it's it's long. And it feels even longer than it is. So, you know, like, take your time, get comfy. Um, but it's definitely worth it in the end. It's like a, yeah. it's like a, it, it's not like a grab a beer and hang out with friends type movie. Oh, yeah. I always, I always say to my friends, I, I like force them to sit down and watch it. I'm like, all right, we're watching Stalker. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, but we're brewing coffee. Like we're doing lattes right now. I don't care if it's 10 o'clock, like we're going in. I sit my friends down and I'm like, all right, if we're going to watch like Tarkovsky, like we need coffee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, people always say they're like, oh, I don't want to watch foreign films. They're so boring or whatever. And I'm like, what's stopping you from like brewing a coffee? I don't. I, like, I think the opposite. But I, I know the pain that you've been through probably as well. Just trying to get friends to watch a foreign movie is hard. Well, a movie like Stalker has the average shot length is like an, a minute, 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's probably one of the slowest shot lengths of all time. And yeah. it's funny because I think Stalker's probably like his most easily accessible movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Cause it's basically three men go to a zone and they just like talk about life and then it ends. <laughs> but, uh, one of my favorite movies ever, but uh, every time I watch it, I get like completely different beliefs out of it. Oh yeah. Damn. Like I remember the first time I saw it, I was like so transfixed on the dog. I was like, who the hell is the dog? Oh, God. And then I left the, th- I left the movie and I was like, wait, is the dog like God? <laughs> oh, shit. I was talking to friends at film school and I was like, I think the dog is like like a God or like a spiritual being. And then they're like, no. They're like, the, 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 the dog is this. Um, but uh, dog, yeah, God, that, that, that movie was, that oh, movie was transformative. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, what did you say? God and dog backwards text. Oh, there you yeah, go. Big man. brain. Big brain. But, uh, but that's the thing is there's movies. I mean, you guys could totally agree. There's movies that like are so perfect that at certain times of your life, like you should watch them at this time. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. I watched, uh, I remember I was like a, I was just like a jaded dumbass in high school and I watched uh, Taxi Driver and that like blew me away. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, I was yeah. like, that, I was like, a- I was like, wait a minute. You can like become a school shooter by just being a jaded dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> that, that like changed my whole opinion. Cause I would hear people talk about catching the rye and they're like, you need to listen to catch. You need to read catching the rye if you're a young man or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they, yeah. Tax driver was like my catching the rye. And I saw that. You oh, know, I I've, remember, I've uh, never made Godfather, that. Godfather, same thing. I've never made that connection before between the two. That totally fucking makes sense. Hmm. Yeah. Cause they're both, they're both about young men. Um, just giving in to their like insecurities and going down a dark path. That's basically what they are. Yeah, cautionary tale in a way. Oh yeah, totally. That, that you're blowing my mind right now. I've never made that connection before. And I, I, I tried reading Catching a Rye, and I, I hated it. I absolutely hated it. I read it. I in, just thought the kid was annoying. I read it in seventh grade. Um, actually, we were probably all in the same class when I read it. Uh, it was probably yeah. yeah it was fucking. It was science class. That science. um. 
Yeah. What's was the teacher who would always recommend it? I forget his name. Well, it wasn't that, it wasn't that teacher. It was the teacher we had. She was like really young. Um, what grade was this? Seventh grade. She's Maybe. young. Oh, I can't remember seventh grade. <laughs> I remember Miss Renee. Miss yeah. Renee? Yeah. She was an English teacher. I yeah. Think. Well, because seventh Goldstein. Oh, I remember. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got in big trouble with her. Mr. Braga, he's to mind recently. RIP. I was um, yeah. Goldstein. We were watching a Holocaust documentary. Yeah. And my friend, I don't know if you guys remember uh, Christian Alvarado. He told me like one of the funniest jokes of all time. <laughs> during the <laughs> And I just started dying laughing during a Holocaust <laughs> documentary. Oh, Wait, God. What, what was the joke? I forget what the joke was. It wasn't Jew related, but okay. it was it was like I don't know. I was just a bad guy that day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No. So seventh grade, I think seventh grade. You and I had Mrs. Michelle in homeroom oh, together. I remember. Her. Yeah, she. Yeah, she was great. Mrs. Michelle was the fucking best, dude. I loved her. But yeah, no, I think yeah, she ended up going to high school too. Oh, really? There. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah. No, you and I didn't go to high school together. No, you went to the Bishop Fian, right? Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had cousins who went there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my, my dad went there way back when, when it was completely different. R.I.P. <laughs> like when they had nuns for teachers and stuff. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, Breaking out like rulers and hitting kids. <laughs> yeah, like, whacking them on the knuckles, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've it's had a knuckle. I, I got one of those in fucking fourth grade, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm so happy I didn't go there. I, I'm happy I went to public school because yeah. it was just a melting pot. Yeah. Did you... I mean, uh, have like a film class in high school did you take that one the uh i think i did yeah i think i, I remember i almost name. failed it which is hilarious he'd always talk about jaws how the He's fuck like, do you fail a film class <laughs> no it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't a guy it was uh it was a lady i forget her name oh when i had it it was a dude i forget his name i remember oh oh, oh the film class the one next to the library yeah, yeah i yeah. took that class yeah. oh no i did really well in that class i forgot about that i was gonna he, say he was, how the fuck do you guy. fail a film class <laughs> oh no, i remember i went above and beyond and i like ran around the outside of the school and like made it like this like crappy short film nice <laughs> and, he, and he was like he he was like blown away by it <laughs> and i remember i got here oh yeah i got a recommendation from him when i was applying for fitchburg mm, I remember oh, that. cool oh, okay and he actually left he actually left his last couple of years he wasn't there so like i got the recommendation i had to hit him up and i don't know what he was doing then but mm. yeah that was a decent that was a decent course he yeah. was in that jaws was yeah jo- oh yeah he was in jaws <laughs> he was in jaws he was in jaws. oh yeah that was his claim to fame back. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like one of the kids he was in the vineyard or whatever there's like kids in the in the shot yeah and he's, he's just like that's me right there the red shorts every year just, that like, was his thing he'd tell yeah, everyone he's just milking I have a that. hilarious story about a professor who had like a similar thing where he had a claim to fame oh yeah so you guys were talking about a razor head right yeah mm-hmm. so fitchburg state there's a teacher called wayne Musson. he teaches all the f- film theory courses mm-hmm. and uh honestly all the teachers there fitchburg are really really good teachers like they're great people but but um, this guy was oh, this guy was the worst. But <laughs> he he he, uh, he used to like make these like erotic student films uh, oh, back in like God. like the years thirty twenty years I don't know, not thirty twenty years like sixty years back. But he he um he went to school with uh, David Lynch like they were in the same class. And I don't know if you guys know, but Eraserhead is a student film. Oh, cool! It was Wait, a student he, film he, where he they, went, get, where they got to, funding. He went to AFI with David Lynch. Yeah, however many years ago that was. Holy shit! But, uh, but they were they were giving out grants for films, 
and he, and David Lynch got the grant to make a racer head. And uh, he was like, he got the grant and he made a racer head and I didn't get to make the movie I wanted to make. <laughs> like he was like second place for the grant or some shit. Oh, that's so funny. I tore. And then my favorite thing is when, when we watched a racer head in his class and we finished it and half the class hated it, half the class loved it. Um, we started debating and he didn't even want to, he didn't even let us debate. He just, he just cut it off. And then he started blabbering for two hours about <laughs> the history of the movie and how he didn't get the grant. That's so fucking funny. Wicked funny. Get pranked, yeah. dude. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. When I, uh, have you seen twin peaks? I've, I've not actually seen it yet. They, uh, oh man. Well, like any, they, any twin peaks, none of it. Nope. Oh, damn. Nope, not yet. Holy wow. shit, dude. Um, no, yeah. So about it. they uh, gotta get to it. David Lynch, he went to AFI, and AFI's. I toured AFI for potential grad school. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm gonna end up going to get a master's or not. Who knows? Um, I'm pretty torn about it because I really dig my job. So I don't know. But um, I went and toured AFI, and they shot like you know, like the red room from AFI with like the black and white floor. And like the red curtains. Oh, they did the Twin Peaks scenes in there. Yeah, they oh, shot yeah. that at AFI, and so they like bring you to like one of the sound stages, and there's just like a very mysterious, very, very Lynchian just door hidden way in the back, and they're like, oh, yeah, that's where they shot the Red Room. <laughs> the backwards audio scene. Did they shoot the? Uh, there's like the theater and Eraserhead. Did they shoot that there? The theater in a racer head. Like at the end with like the girl with the clay face who's like singing on the oh, stage. Yeah, they I think they did. They probably yeah. built that at AFI, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, AFI is really cool. Ari Aster went to AFI. Oh, cool. Oh wow. Yeah, no, they have a very specific philosophy on filmmaking and it's like exactly in line with what I agree for. So I would love to apply and go there, but I'm torn. Did you go to Emerson? Is that where you went? No, I went to UMass. Oh, you went to UMass. Yeah, I, I was getting mixed up. Yeah, no, I technically I didn't really go to film school because I was just a communications major. But mm-hmm. all the classes I chose to take instead of being journalist, I just took all the filmy classes. Mm-hmm. So I d- technically didn't go to film school, but I did a lot of film shit as if I did go to film school. <laughs> exactly. So was the uh, AFI philosophy? Was it like a? Uh, was it like get out there and make films? Like it was it very like hands on. Yeah, it, it like? it's very hands-on. It's also very, like, industry-minded where it's like, okay, like, if you're going to be a director, like, you know, the projects aren't all going to be your own scripts. Like, they're, like, you know, there's always those kids where it's like, oh, I want to write, direct, edit, produce, shoot, like, all my own shit. It's like, no, like, that's not how directors actually work. If you want to be a director, like, you're going to have to direct other people and direct other people's scripts and shit. So it's like... Mm-hmm it's very focused on the communal collaborative aspect of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And they just, they just foster a lot of really good talent and yeah, no, they are very hands-on. Like you just like, if you want to be a director, you show up and you fucking direct. Um, and they don't really bog you down with like, yeah, that's, you know, that's kind of like what Fitchburg was like. There was a few issues, but it was very like, you just go through the ranks and every semester you were making like a short film or you're doing some role. Yeah. And they had specialized classes like they had cinematography, gaffing, mm. uh, directing, stuff like that. And the directing class I loved because the director came in and he was just like, you got to make a movie and you got to give it to me at this date. And like the rest of it is up to you. 
Hell well, yeah. He was just like he was just like straight. And everyone 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 got all pissed off at him because of that. Like they didn't like it, but it's like that's how it works. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. That, he was that, just that, like that's I want to see a film work. at this date. You got three, four months to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And then like I'll teach you how to do casting. I'll teach you how to do how to work with actors, stuff like that. But uh, it was very straight like that. That's really cool. So yeah. And then it was the same thing for the cinematography professor. He was like, he would just teach you like everything you needed to know about cinematography. Like you would just go right down the line. It was super technical. And then it, uh, all the artistic stuff that was all up to you. Like you could watch movies on your own time, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it was very like, I always hear people go to Emerson and stuff and they end up doing like two years of like theory and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But that I that always rubbed me the wrong way. Cause it's like, you can just watch movies on your own time. You have your own taste. Exactly. Like, you know, like like fucking offering like oh yeah the history of silent cinema it's like yes that shit's important but like i'm not gonna pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to go fucking take more theory yeah, classes 100%. like i yeah. know what a medium close-up is <laughs> yeah it's not it's not helpful information because everyone has their own taste so it's like they need to build that own taste and i remember my cinematography professor he's like he literally said in the last year, he's like, he's like, I can't teach you to be creative. Like, how am I going to teach you to be creative? Yeah, exactly. He's like, and he's like, I can only teach you like things I know. Yeah. And then one of the people at AFI, they're saying like your undergrad is kind of where you learn how to make movies. Whereas if you go and get a master's, if you go to graduate school, you learn what movies you want to make. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's like grad school shouldn't teach you how to make movies. You should kind of fucking know that already. You can, mm-hmm. of course, get better at it. But like, you know, like you don't need to be told what a J cut and an L cut is. <laughs> Grad school feels like it's like a lot of teachers though, right? People trying to teach. Cause I I've known people who didn't even go to college and like they're going above and beyond. How um, do you mean? Oh, interesting. Well, grad school is like, I mean, you probably got to get masters. Oh to be a professor. yeah. Yeah. No, if you want to be a professor, you got to get a master's. So there's definitely yeah. a lot of people who go. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm, I'm torn about it. There's a project and it's actually the project I've been meaning to talk to you about, Ben. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. There's a project I've been trying to shoot and it came about because it was going to be um, my application film for AFI. Um, and then a, oh, there you go. Yeah, a couple things fell through, so I had to postpone it. Um, and now I don't know if I still want to go and get a master's, but I still just really want to shoot this project. So who Sick. knows? Yeah. I also just, I just, I really like my job. So it's like, I don't know if I want to leave. Well, can't you still do both or would you have to move or something? Uh, no, I couldn't. I couldn't uh, have a full-time job like I have now if I was in grad school. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I know no. some companies will pay you. They'll like let you go take classes and stuff because you could take a few classes. You don't have to be full-time student. Well, that's the thing yeah, is that true. at AFI, it's like you show up at nine in the morning and you leave 9 oh, p.m. Really? at night all day, every day. Yeah. Oh, okay. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. No, they don't, they don't fuck around. It's two very intense years. So yeah, it's, it's like, maybe you could have like a part-time job at like a, you know, fucking coffee shop, but like not at like a career like I have now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I had like weekly classes over three hours, like classic college stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it was just the rest of the week. You would just do whatever you have to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it was beneficial. But the thing about film school that I always tell people is like, I recommend film school because like, I had a good time. I got good stuff out of it. I got better, mm-hmm. but there's like such a small percentage of people there that actually like want to make films or like want to get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a lot of people are there just to like, you know, go party or go to college or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so it was like, you have to like vet people around you and like, you know, stick with people who give a fuck basically. Yeah. 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 And then you'll have a good time. But 
yeah, it was like it, it felt like it was like five percent of my class base was like people who were like 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 are still working in the film industry today. Mm-hmm. Cool stuff like that. But uh, yeah, it was yeah. I I really like that because it was like you're at school, you have a bunch of people around you, everybody's free, and you're just like, hey, you want to make a film on Saturday? And they're just like ready to go. Yeah, it's like where the fuck else are you gonna get that kind of environment? Mm-hmm. You, yeah, you don't. When you leave school, it's it's hilarious. It's like well, the minute you leave school, if you try to do a passion project, you try to hit people up about a short films. It's like you're gonna have to go through like multiple months of scheduling. Oh yeah, but, yeah. I know, and and that's what's been so frustrating about the thing I'm trying to get together. It's just like, fuck. <laughs> like the, <laughs> if I was still in college, this would have been done already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know. I always try to remind myself. It's like people have done this before. It's like Christopher Nolan. He made uh, what was it black and white movie? He made that on weekends oh, for like two years. Following, yeah, following. Yeah. So everybody starts like starts at that place where they have to like somehow make a film happen. Yeah. yeah. In the real world, you know. Yeah. So. No, that's very that's good to hear. Actually, now that I think about it. Yeah, I just got to make it happen. So you and I will have to chat about that at some point, man. Yeah, definitely. Uh, hit me up whenever. Yeah. Um, so what are you guys' plans for the next coming months? Have you guys got any new films you're trying to see on your docket? Ooh, I want to see Marcel the Shell. I'm seeing that tonight. Oh, I'm jealous. Nice. I'm I'm so fucked. Is it showing in Burlington already? It is, yeah. Okay, hell yeah. Um, yeah, I'm seeing that tonight. Um, and then next weekend, Nope comes out, which I'm pretty excited for. Oh, yep, for. yep. Nope as well. Yeah, I, was, I I saw the trailer for that in the theater. And I was like, when is this movie coming out? I was like, oh, it's next week. <laughs> I was like, I keep seeing marketing for it. I'm like, can you guys just watch the movie already? But uh, yeah, that looks really good. It looks like signs, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I really like, have like, no idea what the fuck it's gonna be about. I kind of want to see Bullet Train with Brad Pitt. I don't know if it's gonna be good though. But... Did you see the Did you see the trailer for it? Yeah, with the staying alive. Uh, maybe not that one. Why does that have spoilers in it or something? No, that's just that's the trailer we did. Oh, cool, nice. Yeah, yeah. No, we 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 did the trailer for that. It was really fun. Oh, sick. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. kind of interested. In I, think I just saw that trailer at the theater. The the, the one with the one. staying alive cue. Yep. Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah. No, we did we did that. It was really cool. This reminds me. Have you guys seen the Avatar trailer? Oh, for the way of water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I haven't seen the trailer, but I was just in Disney World. So I've I've seen a lot of fucking Avatar paraphernalia lately. <laughs> it's a pretty cool. I, I I don't know when I heard there was like an Avatar movie coming out, I was like, you got to be kidding me! It's yeah, like ten years later. Yeah, but the, the trailer is interesting because there's no there's no sound effects, no audio. It's just music and it's just dead quiet. Oh, that's really. Cool. Yeah, it, I don't know. It, it hits a nerve, kind of. It's like the the I mean the visuals are insane. Oh yeah. Well, but, I mean, uh, that's why that's why they had to wait so long because they were waiting for yeah. the right fucking technology to get invented. <laughs> and yeah, when I hear that, I'm like, all right, like even yeah. if it's the same Dances of Wolves type of storyline, I'm still there. Like, if oh, they yeah. had to wait ten years for the technology, then like it's got to be some insane stuff they're gonna pull off. Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm but, definitely uh, gonna cool. see it. I've been meaning. And to- after seeing Thor, I was like, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna see Avatar. Like, I'm getting tired of MCU. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what about you? Are you seeing anything soon, man? Uh, me? I don't have anything in particular. I'm way behind on like on like movies that got nominated over the last couple of years or any movies that people recommended to me. The last year I watched like everything was the year Parasite came out. Mm-hmm. I watched like the top like 50 movies or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. 2019. That was a really good year. 2019 was I did good. see uh, Northman in theaters. That was one that I like 
went out to go see. Oh, I really like that. Bro, Northman was so fucking good. And I'm like a big I'm I'm such a diehard for like Viking stuff. It's so good. See, I'm the opposite. I'm like I'm like burnt out on shit like that. Cause just like it like anytime I see something like, you know, related to that era, it just feels like it's trying to be Game of Thrones. And mm. boy am I not yeah, yeah, yeah. in the mood for Game of Thrones anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's you know what that movie's like is uh if you like the Northman, like I said earlier, uh Macbeth twenty sixteen is very like it. Like oh, yeah? Northman took so much from that movie. Oh, cool. It's just like you know how Northman is just like unrelent unrelentingly violent and it's like hyper masculine and, and shit yes that's kind of like what Macbeth is like okay it's like Fastbender. <laughs> Fastbender is basically playing Macbeth as like the Scottish like uh soldier mm-hmm. and it's 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 basically like what would Macbeth be like if we did like extreme stylistic cinematography and then like he also has PTSD and <laughs> it goes all out Damn. and that, that that's why that's why when I saw the Northman trailer I was like oh this looks sick yeah, I mean, I love the lighthouse. Everyone loves the lighthouse, but yeah, I something like that. Yeah, no, Eggers is. Um, I love Eggers. There is actually uh, another list of movies that I've been working my way through. Is when Ari Aster and Robert Eggers were on the A twenty four podcast. Somebody on oh, Letterbox yeah. made a list of all the movies that they mentioned in their episode, and it's like fucking. It, how many movies? It's fifty three movies long. And I've just been slowly working my way through everything that they referred to. <laughs> there you go. And then also you have the criterion list too, where directors pick like their top favorite criterions yeah. or whatever. Yeah. There's a few lists on there that are really like Bill Hader has a great list on there. Does he really? We have seen. I yeah. actually, he's got I, a lot of, a lot of Asian cinema. When I saw yeah. Parasite, I sat next to Bill Hader. <laughs> Damn, Jake's getting all the wins, dude. <laughs> what? It, it, it's the LA privilege, man. But yeah, I didn't. Yeah, the LA I, privilege. I didn't say anything to him, um, because like you know, I didn't want to bug him. And um, but he after, smelled nice. Yeah. I I don't recall him smelling like anything in particular. Oh, I met, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I met Post Malone once, and he smelled great. Oh, nice. Like there's a wow. lot. Of, there's a lot of memes about him smelling bad. He smelled fucking fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, well, I mean, have you seen Barry? That's the show's great. No, but I've been meaning <laughs> to, man. What's it? Uh, what's yeah, it? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's on HBO Max. H- oh, HBO, HBO, whatever the fuck. There's like a billion of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's so many shows now. It's like there's only a few that stand out to me. I mean, yeah. I was watching. Uh, have you guys seen Peaky Blinders yet? No, I haven't. No, I th- that show's great. I if think- you're a fan of like Breaking Bad or Sopranos, you would like it. Oh, cool. Is- is uh is that the one with like Cillian Murphy? Yeah, it's it's a bunch of like World War One vets who like have a gangster company in uh Birmingham, England in like the nineteen twenties. And they have like they have like directors hats on and stuff. It's it's all styled, but it's it's great. That's sick. but it's it's British TV, so it's it's very tight. Like uh I don't know if you remember like Sherlock back in the day with uh with uh what's his name, Cumberbatch. They they'll do like six episodes a season, so the writing is like like right to the point. Like every episode, like so much stuff happens, and then it's on to the next season. Oh hell yeah! So it's the not like the American opposite. TV where the, it's I was gonna say the out. exact fucking opposite of yeah, what everybody exactly. else is so, doing now. So it's like you could take your classic like crime show, like Breaking Bad or Sopranos, where like people betray people. You know, there's cliffhangers, all the things. But then it's like that, just like way tighter, just condensed in six episodes per season. Mm-hmm. That's why it's great. Oh. And, and it's also great because um, the character is not like your traditional like 
Greek tragic hero. Like he's not just like he starts good and then he becomes like evil, like Walter White. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he's just like an anti-hero. Like he's like like he has like things inside of him that are like good. Like he wants love. He's like a simple dude, but he has like PTSD from World War One. But it, it's really interesting because it's like a crime show where it just doesn't do the same same stuff. It kind of changes it. And I, I gotta finish it because the, the the last season just came out. But the last season is completely different than the rest of the show. It's like they had like one director on it the whole time. I'm gonna that's have to cool. check it out. Yeah, um, but yeah, well, that's like um, uh, True Detective. I always recommend that to people. Season one. I haven't seen that either. <laughs> I just I don't watch <sighs> me very. I don't watch very many series. I just I just I watch so many movies that I just get so impatient with series. Yeah, I feel that. I mean, the the pacing of shows nowadays is is very filler based. Like it's it's just they don't really get to the point. Yeah, I always recommend for shows for people who just like want really good cinema. I always say like uh, the Fargo show is fantastic. Uh, mm-hmm. First couple seasons, it's honest. I I know this is blasphemy, but the show is better than the movie. Oh wow! <laughs> Fargo season God one and two damn. are better than the movie. Wow. Yep. That's yep. a, and then, that's a, that's a take. Uh, True, De- yeah. <laughs> True Detective season one, I I think is the best show ever made. Just season one, really. Uh, where it's Matthew McConaughey and um, Woody Harrelson, and it's about like a serial killer in like Louisiana. No, they have to oh, like no find shit. out what's going on. I didn't know they're in that. I'm gonna have to go check that out. And like you know, I was talking about prisoners. Yeah, yeah. True Detective is better than prisoners. Uh, God damn. <laughs> And that's also McConaughey's best performance. And I'm mean, pretty much everybody who's seen it, they say, yeah, it's his best performance. But uh, yeah, that's good. And then, I mean, obviously people recommend like Breaking Bad and Sopranos. I finally got around to the Sopranos and yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. It is amazing. I I, but, uh, I I should probably go watch that like now. I still haven't seen Sopranos. But the problem with Sopranos is it's 12 episodes a season and it's like six seasons. So, and each episode is like an hour. I think it's like I think it's like ninety hours or hundred hours of content. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. Well, you know, you know what's a tight ninety minutes? Marcel what the is? shell with shoes on, which I have to go get ready to go see. Dude, nice. Exactly. I'm, I'm right off the clock. <laughs> yeah. There well, goes. Thank- ninety minute movies, dude. They're the best. Yeah. Well, thanks in and out. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on the podcast with us, man. This was a fucking blast. Yeah, no problem, dude. This yeah, we should fun. have you on again sometime. Oh, one thousand. Yeah, be done. One thousand percent. Do you? Uh, do you Sorry any... for uh, going on too long about my opinion. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> oh, no, that's why we had you on, man. <laughs> yeah. We need we need those hot takes, especially about fucking prisoners. <laughs> oh, I do have one hot take that I have to say that I told my friends I was going to say on the podcast. Right, okay, dr- drop it. What do you got? You ready for this? Yeah. You ready? Kung Fu Panda Two is the greatest <laughs> animated movie. Whoa, from, like from America. Oh, from America. From America. Okay. From America. Okay. That's done. That's it. That's my heart too. <laughs> I I don't I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> why is I even, that? Yeah, wait, why? Because I don't even know if I've seen Kung Fu Panda 2. It's half jokingly and it's also half true. That's what I'd say. Okay. Alright, I get what All you're right. saying. Well, I'll fucking when I go for my criterion hall later this fucking week. I'll have to go swing by and ask them if they done. also have Kung Fu Panda. No, like, I went the other day. They were like day. cleaned out. Yeah. Yeah, they were like wiped out. I, of all I, the I shit shouldn't I say wanted. anime movie. I'd say I'd say like like kids movie, like kids anime movie. I'm not gonna say anime movie. I'm probably forgetting something. Okay. Oh, yeah, there's so a lot of good anime movies. I mean, it, it's not like Studio Ghibli. Yeah. No way. Okay. But uh, so the best. But I that is a hot take that I always say. American kids. Best movie. American kids. I think Inside Out, man. 
that's up there for me. <laughs> Inside. I don't know. All right. Well, f- folks, thank you for listening. Go watch Kung Fu Panda 2 <laughs> and let us know if Ben's being for real or if he's just fucking with us. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusion Supply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.